Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cincinnati Sports Review. My name is Eric. My name is Nick. And today we're going to be talking about a couple things, um, some current related or current event topics, and then we'll get into a large discussion. Um, but first things first, the uh, first depth chart got released. Nick, have you had a chance to look at it yet? Yeah, I took a look at it. Okay, what are, what are your thoughts? Um, about what I expected. Yeah, I, this is like no surprises here. Nothing is um, confusing or whatever. Um, the only thing I was surprised about was that they put um, they left Jesse Bates on the depth chart, but well, they expect him to be there. Yeah, it's just something teams a lot of the times they'll leave him off the depth chart until until they get back. Yeah, that was kind of somewhat. I don't. Know, I don't want to say surprised, but like it makes sense that Carmen is the starting left guard. Um, you know, Who were you expecting? I was kind of expecting Adenogy or Price, given that they played oh, wow. well enough to be, you know, a starter. Because obviously you're keeping Williams, and then the three uh, new guys, you know, they fell in their spots. But I don't want to say it was surprising because like he was drafted to be a le- the starting left guard. But um, it just. I was kind of expecting something a little different, but I'm not, like, shocked. Yeah, I, th- I think Carmen has the most upside of all those guys, so. Yeah. I mean, we kind of saw what the other two guys did in the Super Bowl, and it was okay. You know, Carmen's yeah. got a lot more potential. I think I, I think I heard some stuff he was working out in the offseason. Yeah, I heard um, Karras was doing really good in the camp. Good. Yeah, which and, uh, is important. We haven't had a good center in a long time. Not a long since Rich Bram. That was probably, and he was really good. Um, Collins is back practicing. He got cleared from. Uh, <clears throat> he was put on the pup at the beginning of training camp. <laughs> Definitely good to yeah. have him practicing. Right, and so I mean the offense is as straightforward as you're going to get. I mean no surprises in any of the positions. Um, uh, the playmakers and then defense is is exactly what I suspected. Um, the only thing on defense where I'm like eh was uh, seeing Tyler. Uh, Shelvin as the third string D tackle or third string nose tackle rather than second string D tackle, but you know he was a late round draft pick anyway, so it's not like it's a whoa. Yeah, I haven't seen he hasn't played too much, and I haven't been wowed by his performance yet. Yeah, um, I think defensive backs pretty much filling in where they're supposed to be. Um, no surprises anywhere. Um, and special teams, yeah, this is like the easiest depth chart to go over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of excited to see how the the backups for BJ Hill play, because um, none of we haven't really seen any of those guys. No, not really. Um, I mean, just looking at the D line, Osai played a little bit in last year's preseason before getting hurt. We kind of know Cam Sample. We kind of know Khalid Kareem. But a lot of these other guys, I mean, there's a couple names I don't recognize at all. Right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see um, what kind of depth we come up with on the line. Yeah. But, yeah, it it wasn't too surprising. (laughs) Yeah, and we'll see more of uh, these guys play. The first preseason game is on Friday. So it'll be exciting to see. Uh, the first game of the year, see these guys in action for the first time. I, I don't think Joe Burrow is expected to play, right? I have not heard. 
Is he expected back to pl- like when is he expected back to I, I know he's been throwing. Um If I just do a quick Google search, it's saying that there's uh he's still healing, no timetable for return, won't play in preseason opener. So I guess he's still good to play in like you know, get a week one, which is really all that matters. They, yeah, they'll probably just rest them, I'd imagine. What a weird like thing to have at like the weirdest time. Right. <laughs> it's like it's I, it's still better than like it happening during the season, but it's not like good enough to have happened in like April. Like that would yeah. have been almost ideal. Yeah, weird how that happens. Yeah. I'm not too mad about it. Yeah. Oh, I I'm a little upset. I I went down to that um that uh the practice and you know, everybody else was out there but him and then was like, "Oh man, come on." <laughs> It's salty. like that week. Yeah, it's a little salty. Not gonna lie. Um, yeah, but that was fun. Uh, okay, let's talk about next thing: uh, naming rights to the stadium. They finally got oh, something yeah. done, and we had just talked about that in a couple episodes ago. Yeah, we were. We were talking about like, oh yeah, and then they did it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what do you think of the name? Eh, I, I don't know. I mean. It's kind of lame. Yeah, it's not. It's not like sexy. It's not like oh man, what? Let's go down the Paycor Stadium. You know, like you know, across the street. Effectively, you've got Great American Ballpark. That's a cool sounding name of a stadium. Uh huh. But is it? I mean, it, I think it's pretty cool. Think about it. Great American. Uh, t- truthfully, I didn't know that it was even, like, a company name until, like, 2008. Like, I, uh-huh. I just thought it was, like, like Great American. Like, it was being patriotic, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So. That's crazy. It shows what I know. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's not a great. Not the company I would have hoped for, but uh, th- did you see the deal? Uh, was it sixteen million dollars or something like that? What was the details? I don't know all the details. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, I didn't. I saw like some leaked documents. I didn't. I couldn't. It was like tilted, and I had a <laughs> trouble reading things. But it's tilted oh, all weird. Jeez. So I was like, eh, whatever. I don't know yeah. if that particularly matters. Yeah, I think it was um Hold on, let me find it. Just let me find Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll talk more about the baseball stadium. I think it's really funny. Like Go for it. Like like that's such a cool name. Like Great American Ballpark. And it's got a nice like like hyphenated or not hyphenated. Um <laughs> What's the um, when you shorten to the, just the first letter, what is that called? Um I'm totally blanking on the word. Abbreviation. When you like abbreviate it or um Yeah. Yeah, so that's like, you know, G G A B P. Like, yeah, it sounds cool, you know. But, uh, Paycor Stadium, it just, eh. P S Stadium doesn't do it for me. Well, no, because you can't even say P S Stadium because Stadium is already the S. Oh yeah, it just be P. You can't say P Stadium. That just sounds stupid. P S P S P Stadium. <laughs> what a great name. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean. PBS is what it was. I, I think they're probably still going to do something to where, like, like 
it's the corporate name Paycor Stadium, and then they'll it'll be like Paul Brown Field or something like that. Because like the Bearcats, like they play in Paul or they play in Fifth Third Arena, but the court is called the Ed Yunker Court. Ed Yunker being the coach of the team during the national championship years of the '60s. So it's like something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find the exact numbers, but um, I did find that thirty percent of it. Um, is going back to the county. Well, that's good then. If the after the first sixty million, okay, that's something. Yeah, it'll become a seventy forty split. I mean, that kind of locks in. Um, or seventy thirty. Sorry, isn't isn't it a sixteen year deal for them to be called Paycor Stadium? I think I yeah. Saw, okay, I think so. I mean, that that pretty much locks in that they're gonna renew the lease, right? Like, they they just rename the stadium. They're building a you know. Uh, What's it called? Um, an indoor facility right next door. Like you would think that they're not going anywhere, right? Yeah. Uh. You. Yeah. You would imagine. Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed. Um. Well, they, I mean, it's it's a, it, they're they're in a contract with Hamilton County now, basically. So. Yeah. They really can't. <laughs> It'd be really hard to get out of. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that makes me feel better about the team not leaving. I I, mean, I didn't really think that they would. I think I think the Not first after time we got Burrow. Yeah, I th- well, I think you know that's part of it. Like the hype is so big that people want him to stay, but um, you've got uh, you know, I mean, you can only play that. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull the team out, and then you know the county does whatever they want to keep them there. Um, they can only do that like one time, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, it's good to see it being more. Like, at least the county's getting something out of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good for them. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about the stadium? Nah. Do you have anything else you want to say in, like, current events? Nah. I think we covered everything. All right. Let's talk about the main discussion of today's um, <laughs> podcast episode. We kind of want to do a little retrospective, talk about Marvin Lewis and compared to Zach Taylor, we're going to talk about just the first three years um, of their tenures. And in a weird way, they're like oddly similar. Um, almost to like when you really look at it, it's like, okay, this is a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. But there's some key differences as to why they're different. <laughs> All right. Explain. Okay. So both – Marvin Lewis and Zach Taylor took over the team, right? Yes. And by the third year, they had a winning record, won the division, and made it to the playoffs, right? Yes. Okay. The first year that they were in, they started an older uh, veteran, a quarterback, then transitioned to a number one pick in the second year. Yes. And then had you know, a, the, their most successful season in X amount of years on that third year, right? Yes. And all the while, seeing offensive improvements and some defense improvements, but not as much defense as offense. Like the offense was a lot better in both 2005 and 2021 than it was in 2002 and 2019 or 2018. I would say. Uh, um, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Okay. Well, did I tell you what? That 2002 defense was really bad, and the 2018 defense was like historically bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so, like, weird coincidence like that, you also have both quarterbacks going number one, both tearing their left ACLs. I know we talked about this before. Um, both, of course, happening in very different times. Burrow happening in the middle of his rookie year. Carson Palmer happening on the absolute worst time. <clears throat> is on the first opportunity to throw the ball in a playoff game in 30 years or whatever, what, 15 Wild. years, whatever it was. Yeah. So... <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Yeah, and just kind of seeing, like, you know, the the changeover from, like, worst team in the league to, like, contender. Obviously, like, that team in 2005, like, that was the peak. Like, making the playoffs, that was just the peak. Like, we, you know, just made a Super Bowl as good as you can get in the AFC and did not, you know, regress roster-wise – and are poised to make another run. So obviously, like that, I mean, all that could change during the season. But like, right, like the, all the build up to it is is very similar. But like, it's crazy to think of some key differences between like Marvin Lewis as a coach versus Zach Taylor's coach. Yeah, I, I think you know, I, I do think Marvin was still the better like team builder. I think it's a little too early to to see with uh zach taylor yeah how his players are going to turn out in the long run um <clears throat> but he has struck gold in some of these players but he, he's been lucky to oh, have yeah. the, the you know really early picks yeah just starting out with such a good talent in burrow and then getting you know chase at five you know i think in, in a lot of other years when quarterbacks didn't go one two three chase wouldn't have been on the board at five right um but they were really hyping up that QB class last year. So it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to tell, right? Because you know, with Marvin Lewis, we have all these years of you know what he's done, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just think Marvin Lewis was was not the best game planner. I think he struggled no. to adjust, and Zach Taylor, I think, has learned very quickly how yeah how to adjust in a game and and i would say that like taylor is definitely like learning a lot more like there were things that marvin lewis was still doing in year like 12 13 14 15 that was like dude you should have learned your lesson like 10 years ago like the Um, uh random timeouts and delay of game penalty yeah which for some reason still carried over but were a lot more prevalent in the Marvin Lewis era than they were today. Which, yeah, another that's another thing too is penalties. Like, like we were one of the fewest penalized teams uh, last year versus like Marvin Lewis teams were always very high on penalties. Not just on and people are easy to blame like like Perfect or Pac Man Jones, <laughs> but even like offensive line. Like there's so many false starts, false so many starts, holding penalties. Yeah. Oh my god, it was a miracle some of the vo- offenses could even move the ball because they were getting, you know. A penalty a drive, it seemed. I remember one time we had, like, I think I think it was, like, three false starts, like, in one drive. Yeah, I remember and I that. I lost my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, I think another thing, too, that kind of separates these two is uh, handling of veterans. Um, Marvin Lewis was really good at taking in an older player who had played on other teams and had success but had fallen off and then come in here and have, like, a career renaissance. Um, they go, like, Dahani Jones, Cedric Benson. 
he really made do with um n- with without the budget that I think Taylor has now. Oh yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Like they were signing players like crazy the last couple of years and they never really did that under Marvin. Yeah, I don't I don't think he had that kind of money to go out, so well, he had to get these older players and he did, you know, I think push them to play better than they would have mm-hmm. for any other coach, but he just didn't have the same level of talent that Taylor has had. So you think the reason that Marvin is 0-7 in the playoffs is because if you were to give like a definitive answer, you think it's roster quality? No. Okay, so that's I not think cool. it his main fault is still going to be his game plan. Okay, cuz I was I think he's one of the weakest game plan coaches out there. Yeah. It seemed like now a lot of people complain on how they would not perform too well on primetime games. Part of the thing about playing on primetime is you're going to be playing against another tough team. Like you're not going to be playing like the 0 and 16 Lions on Monday night football. You yeah. know, you're going to get a you're going to get a marquee matchup. But uh it just did seem like he would he would struggle mightily like game planning. Like like he was really good at games that are like one o'clock on Sundays or even four o'clock on Sundays, but I don't think they've still won a game on Sunday night football. And his Monday night record is like a little bit better, but like not not by a whole lot. Yeah, he he just struggled against, you know, some of the really good coaches and he just you know, we would stick to a single game plan the whole game. And then change yeah. like when it's way too late. Yeah. And like middle of the third when they're already down twenty. Yeah. I'll tell you what I've noticed is this happened a lot more in like the Carson Palmer portion of Marvin Lewis's tenure that has happened a couple times in um the Zach Taylor time frame is them giving up like like, you know, coming out to a big huge lead and then just blowing it. Yeah. Like like obviously like a no no ten point lead is really safe in the NFL and those happened all throughout Marvin his tenure. But like think about last year in the uh when they played you know, two years ago when they played the Colts on the road, they were up twenty one nothing at the beginning of the second quarter and they ended up losing that game by like six. Very similar to a game where Marvin was playing uh the in two thousand six they were playing the Chargers, they were up twenty one nothing in the first quarter. End up losing the game by nine. They scored 41 points and still lost. Wild. Yeah, and it's, I mean, coincidentally, it's Phillip Rivers both times. But, <laughs> like, last year, too. Like, think about the Jets. Like, giving up, you know, the crazy passer rating to Mike White. Right. Yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a game we should have <clears throat> won hand over fist. Like, like, Burrow put up 31 points, I think. Plentiful, right? That you should win a game if you won more than thirty-one points. Yeah. But yeah, just like a weird coincidence. But as I say that, like weirdly enough, Zach Taylor and his defenses in the playoffs have been like better than Marvin's. Like, which is really weird to think. Like, like Taylor is an offensive-minded coach. You would expect them to have like good offensive performances, right? Which yeah. you know they pretty much did 26 19 27 20 points those are all good enough to win but like look at the points they're giving up 19 16 24 23 like that's all good well i like, think it shows that like lou anarumo he's getting the players that he wanted for the positions yeah and 
you know, when, when the coach can, can scheme, you know, get the player exact players he wants for his scheme, it's going to be a lot better than when you can't spend a lot of money. You can't go out and get the players that you need. I mean, that was Carson Palmer's big thing is they weren't big spenders. Yeah, well, I mean, we've seen it from other reports coming out of former players that, yeah, the team didn't spend a whole lot of money on them. Well, they're spending money now, so. Um, but even like, like point totals, like, I have I don't I'm not finding a very good list to it, so I ha- kind of have to do this manually. <laughs> um, give me one second. Okay, so in 2005 they gave up. Now I know Carson Palmer was hurt, but they still gave up 31 points to the Steelers. In 2009, against Mark Sanchez, uh, they gave up 24. Mark Sanchez. Which which isn't like too bad. They only gave up you know they gave up 24 to the Chiefs, but they only scored 14 points. Um, and Carson Palmer played like trash that game. And then going into Andy Dalton's time, you got 31 points in 2011 to the Houston. 19 points in Houston's Again, that's not too bad. Uh, 2013, 27 to the Chargers. 2014, 26 to the Colts. Uh, 2000, uh, 2015, only 18 points, but that, that game was a whole sham. Oh, my but God. <laughs> the, at the end of the day, like the point totals that – Marvin Lewis's defenses were allowing are a lot higher than the the four games that Taylor has coached in the playoffs. Right. I can't explain that. Yeah, I mean, we fell apart in the playoffs for sure. And I, I think that does go back to that game planning thing. Like, you wouldn't game plan very well against these good quality teams. Yeah, and I think. You know, a, a lot of people forget how important a coach is to making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, you're not going to, you know, you don't see teams make it to the Super Bowl with a horrible coach. You don't fluke your way into the Super Bowl. Like, you have to earn it. Yeah. Like, three consecutive quality wins against good teams is a that's – a, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy to think, like, just like – it's just how bad those defenses were. And they're more – like – for a guy who came in to kind of turn our defense around, it only got like a little bit better. Yeah, uh, I would say he had some really good years. I, I wouldn't say it only got a little bit better. I think that defense had some really good years. I think definitely under Mike Zimmer, there were some really outstanding years, and the 2015 defense is probably as good as we're ever going to have. Who was the coach in 2015? That was Paul Gunther. Mm. Believe yeah, it or not. that defense was really good. That de- that was they were second in the league in points allowed, which is pretty fucking good. Weren't they like um, really good in the red zone? They were they were the definition of bend don't break. Yeah. Um <clears throat> yeah. Um But yeah, it was weird. Like after that, the defenses started to fall off. I think twenty sixteen they had good numbers, but twenty seventeen and onward it was just fell bad. apart. Yeah, not until they started getting the guys that they have now to d- where the defense actually looks good now. Yeah, they tried. I mean, it's something that Marvin did a lot, though. He liked to experiment with older players or unique players in the draft. Yeah, they. I remember they drafted Taylor Mays, who never really. He never really had like a position to play. But for years, they tried to use him as like a gadget defense player. But yeah, like you're. He just wasn't some, smart enough. <laughs> yeah, you're. You're gonna play some safety. You're gonna play some corner. You're gonna play some linebacker. It's like no, not none of that ever worked. Do you remember um, Margus Hunt? 
I do remember Marcus They tried Hunt. to force him so hard into being, you know, an edge rusher, and he just he could not put anything together. I, I <laughs> thought he was too slow and too big to be an edge rusher. He was like – he should have been a basketball player, really. I mean, and then he went over to Indianapolis, and they put him on the inside, and he actually played decent for a couple yeah. of years. Yeah, it's weird how that works. Yeah, I mean, he's 6'8". You know, that works pretty good for basketball. Football is like, eh, not too much. Yeah. Yeah, he had five sacks in 2018. That's pretty good. We could have used five sacks in 2018. <laughs> and then he did play for us again in 2020. Wild. Yeah, he did. Brought it, brought him back. <laughs> yeah. He got yeah, a yeah, sack, do, too. Holy yeah, shit. do you remember uh, Carlos Dansby? I do remember Carlos Dansby. That, that was, a, that was one, another one of those like older players who, you know, didn't do too well the last couple of years wherever he was playing and then came in here and – he did not have the uh, resurgence that like Dahani Jones had. Right. He was a guy. I really did like Dahani Jones. He was a good guy. Yeah, he was. Didn't didn't he have a travel show too? He had a, t- a travel show for a couple years. Um, I wonder what he's up to now. Good looking guy too. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. All right. Okay. So. Tahani travels the globe. Yeah, that was it. I watched had that. Had two show. seasons from March of 2009 to June of 2010. So he traveled to Thailand, Switzerland, England, Singapore, Spain, Cambodia, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, Russia, Italy, Segal, Iceland, Jamaica, Croatia, South Africa, Mexico, Scotland, Brazil, and Nepal. So this dude literally went all over the world while he was playing for us. While he was playing football. Like, <laughs> incredible. Right. You think like you think that show would have been more popular. I'm sure if that show would have come out today in like a post COVID world where when people are more interested in hearing from players on like different media outlets, that this would probably be more successful. Right. Okay, he was also a host on the series Adventure Capitalist in twenty sixteen and that ran until November of twenty seventeen. Okay. So Who's doing that? Yeah, he was a good player for us. Um, I have no idea where I was going with that. Do you remember <laughs> um, we had I, – and I don't know why we let this guy go. Remember when A.J. Hawk played for us for a year? Yes. That was very random one year. That, that's, yeah, very random. That was on that really good 2015 year. Um, yeah. And, like, I thought he played well. But uh, he didn't they play that well. signed him on a two-year deal and then cut him after the first year. I mean, I, I thought he played fine. He was really slow. Really slow. He only slow. had 24. T- he played in all 16 games only had 24 tackles. Yeah, I mean, if you look slow next to Ray Maluga, then you're slow. If, you, if you're if you looking slow against Ray Maluga and Vontez Perfect, you know something's up. <laughs> um, who was another, like, random obscure player we got a lot out of? Um, um, that Canadian football player. Canadian football player. Uh, Rashad Genty. Oh, yeah. They got him. He he didn't do anything <laughs> with us, did he? Do you remember when we had Jerome Harrison? Yeah. That was like... Was that like... Wasn't that like one year? That was one year. And then he went year. back to the Steelers. And then the he next went back year. to the Steelers. Like, are you kidding me? Like, he, was, he was a spy. <laughs> <laughs> Straight spy, dude. 
Oh, James Harrison, not Jerome Harrison. Sorry. Yeah, I was like Jerome. That doesn't sound right. I uh, there's there is a Jerome Harrison. He was Racist. a running back for the. Racist. Oh, shut the fuck up. He was a running <laughs> back for the um. Uh, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, he played one year here. Went back to Pitt. Played for New England for a little bit. I mean, yeah, like if you look at his numbers, his numbers were the worst. Like around the years, you know, before and after were worse here. Yeah. I guess I don't know. Maybe that's just like too new of a system for him. I appreciated he came over. Like, yeah, come on over, dude. We could use you. and we won the division that year. So, yeah. So going back to Marvin. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. It some after some like weird uh, similarities, seeing the like the differences. It's like very stark. Like. Obviously, I think Taylor can really game plan for like a tough team. It couldn't couldn't always have done that. Yeah, he definitely learned. Oh yeah, I mean, this year was pretty insane for the like the amount of big time games we had. Yeah. Um. I mean, we beat the Chiefs twice. You know? Yeah. Andy Reid's one of the best coaches coaching right now. Oh yeah, and we whipped them. Yeah, twice. Twice. And 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 at their house, yeah. we went into their Which home. Is wild and right? whipped them. Yeah, that's that's a tough stadium to play in. It is, and I was just thinking, like, you know, they got out to a pretty big lead. I'm like, oh crap, yeah, they got on this big lead. But I'm like, well, we did it. We came back from 18 last time, and then they did it again. <laughs> and that, you know, that that is good coaching. That's good game planning where you can adjust. You can say, look, we're d- I know we're down 18 against a really good team, but we can still come back and win. Think about it, too. You know, they had, you know, the first two games, you know, not too tough of opponents, but then they had to go into Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, all division games are tough, especially against Pittsburgh. And, you know, they came out ahead both times playing them. They competed with Green Bay Packers pretty much the whole game. And, you know, if Burrow didn't have a couple interceptions, maybe they would have got a field goal you know, sooner and you know there are some I think mistakes on the schedule in terms of like you know losses like never should have lost to the Jets um, lost a close one against the 49ers which I don't think is like as much of Taylor coaching as much um, like Lou Amarulo they were just freaking <laughs> leaving um, Kittle open like the yeah. whole like last drive they scored a touchdown. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but like I mean, I th- I thought he coached pretty well. Th- I mean, as a whole, and then obviously had an outstanding run in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it, it. It was a crazy run for how you know fresh he is to yeah. being a head coach. Yeah, and, and, and playing all these big teams. Yeah, a lot of really good tough opponents. You know, most of them on the road. Um, and then you look at Marvin, and it's like he struggled with multiple different quarterbacks in multiple different systems over a long period of time. Yeah. So, like, you know, they had their chances to win. And, you know, you yeah. just couldn't do it. I just think uh, you do have to factor in the talent level is quite different. Yeah. And I think some of them – you know, we can talk to death about 2015, but 
I think that that team was probably as talented as any other Bengals team you're going to get, but they just got the worst injury at the worst time. Like if you go back and look at like injured reserve lists at the end of the year, comparing like each year, like all the other years are just loaded with injured like players on injured reserve. You know, it's you know it's a grueling it's a grueling sport. 2015, they only had three players on IR. Yeah, that's fucking incredible. Um, but. You know, they suffered the worst injury at the worst time. That would be that would be like if, like, you know how Burrow got hurt at the end of the Kansas City game and he had to sit out against Cleveland? Yeah. Like, imagine if, like, he couldn't play in the playoffs because of that. Like, that's basically what happened. So, I still hold that that team could have done well, but as it stands, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, it could have, but I, I think the collapse would have happened with or without Andy Dalton there. Well, I, I think if he hadn't gotten hurt, well, I've, I've said this like a thousand times. I don't think they would have they would have gone in and beaten Baltimore or not Baltimore. <laughs> they would have beaten the Broncos on the road. They were playing against uh, what's the, what's the guy's name? Brock Osweiler. I think they, I think that team would have beat that Broncos team. I mean, freaking McCarron lost that game in overtime. So I think. Uh, that would have been a win. That would have put us first seed. We never even would have played the Steelers in the first round. But I'm just, I'm just not confident in Marvin Lewis's coaching ability after all the years. That's true. Got to look. You got to look back with that kind of open mindedness of you know, even though that team was as good as any regular season team, it was how coached by Marvin, and Marvin was a terrible playoff coach. Yeah. Um, there are some like big wins that he had as head coach some of them in prime time and some of them not but i think those losses far outweigh the wins yeah i mean that's you know all the playoff losses that's tough pill to swallow to never won a playoff game yeah it really is and consider like you know like he took over a two and 14 team and took them to eight and eight and they were kind of competing for a playoff spot towards the end of the year before they kind of suffered a losing streak but, you know, he took a team that was, you know, garbage. pretty – they were garbage, but, like, they were a lot – I think that 2002 team was probably better than the 2018 team. I think Taylor inherited a worse situation. Like, an atrocious defense. You didn't have A.J. Green. I, I think that if, like, in an alternate universe, 2019, if Marvin is still the coach and – uh, AJ Green doesn't get hurt. They probably win another like four or five games, or they probably win four or five games total compared to just two. Yeah, but that would have fucked up everything. That would have <laughs> fucked up everything. I'm, I, you know, it's like the ends justify the means. Like <laughs> I'm kind of glad that we kind of had to suffer for that because that kind of made this better. It's like yeah, like 2019 was awful. Like that was like the end of that prior core. Um. Yeah, going eleven and zero was tough, and there even like, there's even a quote by Taylor. He's like, "I can't wait till you guys see like, you know, see what we're gonna build here. It's gonna be really cool." When I saw that, I'm like, "Dude, you're so wrong." And then <laughs> turns out I was wrong. You were the dummy. Yeah, <laughs> I was the dummy. I totally. I you know what? I will admit I was dumb. Not many people can say that that they were dumb. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say on uh, either Marvin Lewis or Zach Taylor? Any like last comments or anything? Um. Yeah, I, I think 
you know, I think Marvin did the best with what he had, and I, d- I don't think he uh, he had enough talent to to get us where we needed to go. But I, I do think yeah. Zach Taylor is still the better game game day coach. I would agree. I think Marvin kind of gets uh, hit on hard by national media, particularly Stephen A. Smith. Um, I think he's a good coach. He's won a lot of games. You know, I think at some point, if he wants to, I think he should get another opportunity at the head coach level somewhere. He's pretty aged now. I know. He's like 63 years old. I I, I heard an interview with him. He was kind of talking about not doing – like he does – he's an assistant on the – Arizona State Sun Devils team that has Herm Edwards as head coach. Um, and he uh, doesn't like dealing with the NIL deals and stuff like that. So like, I think his time as assistant coach is probably winding down. I'm, I think he's going to go to retire. But, yeah, I mean, Herm Edwards is like 68. And he's five years older than Marvin. I want to say Bill Belichick's pretty old. Yeah. Um, Belichick 70 so it's not impossible for him to come back as a head coach it's all on his preference but I do think he deserves another shot somewhere I just can't imagine any situation where he'd go into he's he's just he was you know he had an aged coaching strategy mm-hmm. before he left the league <laughs> I think I think you're right but I think I think some te- I mean teams have called him since he got fired so uh, while he may not fit in a modern league on the super heavy high passing NFL, um, I think there's still some value as him as a coach. Maybe as a coordinator. Definitely as a coordinator. Um, yeah. Uh, slightly off topic, but our first preseason game this Friday against the Cardinals. You excited? I am. I, I like that. Uh, I like the Cardinals, actually. I like their team. <laughs> yeah, I like their team. They have, uh, believe it or not, like a number of like Bengals players on it, like outside of A.J. Green. Yeah, who's the who's the coach connection there? <laughs> I don't know who is the co- they coach do, connection. They do have quite a few of our players. Is there is there actually a coach connection? I don't know. There usually is one that happens. I'm not sure. <laughs> but there, but it's there's players on offense and defense though that are. Um, yeah, who who is over there? Look I know AJ Green is still there. AJ Green is still there. Before it was like they had like, um, oh Nick Vigil's on there now. By the way, I oh saw that yeah, today. that's right, that's right. Um, Dreiker Patrick was on that team for a little bit. Yeah, there was a couple other players. Um, let me go down this list here and see if I recognize anybody. They have Colt McCoy on their team. What the hell? He's still playing. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't know he was still around. How old is this guy? He's got to be like 35. 35. Wild. There's a couple of Bearcats players on here. James Wiggins was a safety for us um, up until 2020. And then there's a D lineman. Um, Where is he? Uh, Maji Sanders. I guess guess they're having him play O-line. Uh, so they got a couple UC players, but I, you know, I could have sworn this list had a lot more. Um, I mean, they've had more of our players throughout the years. That's true. They, uh, so last year or two years ago, they had Jonathan Joseph and Drake Kirkpatrick. 
So mm. that's like half Drake their secondary. Mike, they had Mike Nugent and Domata Pecco. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sean Williams was on the team for a little bit. Just taking all of our players from the secondary. There's got to be some kind of connection. Did Drake Kirkpatrick retire yet? Vance Joseph is a, de- is a defensive coordinator. That's why. There you go. Yeah, he's been their D coordinator since 2019. That That's right. I, I, yeah. I've been hearing that he's getting head coaching looks. Again? Yeah. He was a, he was a good coordinator or um, coach for us. It's a shame that he uh, – I mean, obviously, you know, left for a good reason, but still, yeah. Yeah, that would explain why we had – so many. Well, didn't didn't when um like Zimmer took over, they brought in a lot of like a lot of his old players. Yeah, I think so. And I think when he went up to like, Minnesota, uh, wasn't it Chris Crocker one of his old players? That's, that's I think Chris Crocker was around. one of his players on Atlanta. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a bunch of Bengals went up to Minnesota over the years. So once he uh. Um, once he got started up there. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see uh, how their season plays out because they're they had a weird off season with uh, Kyler Murray. Like that was like super strange. <laughs> can't I can't explain? I can't really explain what happened because it's just so obscure. Uh, and then you have Hopkins missing some time with the suspension, and so they bring in um, Hollywood Brown. It's so weird to think, like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're. What's going to happen with them? Right. Such a weird, such a weird situation. But it should be fun to see. Um, see them play this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Nick, do you have anything else you want to go over? Uh, no, yeah, I think we're good for today. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for listening. If you liked what we had to say, please subscribe and. Catch us next time when we talk about the full season schedule. You guys have a good one.